For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. And we're off. Hello and welcome to Easter Friday, Good Friday, and uh, the Organizational Player of the Month here on Absent Minded. I'm joined by... A returning player, more or less. It's been a while, Scott, since you were on this podcast. Thank you for, for joining us. I'm always happy to chime in and share a little bit of my prospect knowledge. People keep thinking I'm some kind of prospect prospect expert, so I'm going to pretend that um, and try to lend my knowledge to our listeners today here. Well, um, you have your own show as well, and, and it's taken off quite well from what I understand. And, and you, do, you and Laura are doing an awesome job over at Locked On Cold Cowfield, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot. There's a lot going on now that the season's back in full swing, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of games in a very short period of time. We are very, very busy over there. Yeah, and we're also joined by a um, podcasting rookie, or at least a podcasting rookie here at Absent Minded. David S. Landman, you, you rejoined the Eyes on the Prize a couple of months ago, and, and uh, now you're uh, coming on to the podcast. We're, we're really happy to have you on. Well, you know what? It's a real pleasure to be with both of you, really, after all this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you got to see our ugly faces as well, which... Uh... <laughs> hey, man, you got to see mine too, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, let, let's face it's it, this is, this is not a beauty contest on the pod this week. Uh, let's leave it at that. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we're here to talk the the players of the month. Obviously, we have to mention a stellar win last night for, for Montreal Canadiens uh, against Ottawa Senators. Um, and uh, we're going to speak about some of the players later on. But, but obviously, uh, it really seems to have happened that the top four teams in the North Division have separated themselves from the pack. And uh, it's going to be a walk, more or less a walk in the park and playing for seating positions rather than... than trying to to get into the playoffs yeah it's uh i mean it's a very interesting time because like we don't know what some of these people are doing in terms of playoffs or prospects like there's no ohl season right now for them even to do the qmjhl like there's so much unknown that the fact that most of these prospects are even able to play a regular season right now is still a huge bonus for a lot of them some who hadn't played since what last March, last February, depending on how it went, like how long did Romanov sit on the sidelines waiting for a professional season to start this year? More or less nine months, I think. Just two sons waiting for the call. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, and and that's that's it, it is a, a, a weird season. Obviously, the SHL just finished, and and uh, Manchester Norlander is is going to the playoffs as a seventh seed um, with Frölunda. But but starting in Europe, the player of the year month is is a player that we most of us didn't know at the start of the season. And second of all, we didn't expect him to be player of the month at all. Uh, Alexander Gurtin, Gurtin, I think they pronounce it in, in Russian, but um, he's playing for Seska's junior team, or Oskar's junior team, sorry. Uh, and uh, he's done really, really well. And with the playoffs, he's gotten a bigger role on the team. He's been able to push a little bit. Uh, it just... He reminds me a lot about Martin Rewai. He He's bigger, obviously, but he also has a wicked shot. He's deceptive. It's it's um, you can, He can place it more or less anywhere he wants, but he also only do it from the same position on the ice all the time. But it's obviously very, very good because he's succeeding quite a lot. Uh, I remember watching some of his highlights and catching uh, some of his uh, MHL and VHL games on YouTube because they're posted there. And there's one thing that stands out about Gordon immediately to me is that the kid can just wire the puck from even a standstill because he's not the most active person on the ice. And I'm trying to be as uh, charitable about that as I can. But when he gets the puck, he is a threat to just rip one by goalies. And it's such a fascinating skill set in that he doesn't expend a ton of energy, but then he's just in an area where off his back foot, standing still, kind of just hanging out. He just rips goals. I'm looking at his numbers for the year. 23 goals, 20 assists in 49 games. Pretty you have to remember, solid. though, that, that when you look at those numbers – he's still only 22nd or 23rd in the league overall. Yeah, which is, which is an important thing, but I look at his skill set and I wonder how he can fit in in the future for what the Canadians are doing. Because we look at how the Canadians in the Rocket play and they play this counter-attacking exploitation style. And then he just has this skill set that says, just put me in the offensive zone and on the power play and everything's going to be just fine. Give me the puck and I will make you know goalies kind of suffer for it. He's just a fascinating prospect to me and one that I can't wait to see what he does more of uh, at the KHL level and beyond there when he gets there full time, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, and it's also a player that uh, David San Luis likes to, to, to talk about, mostly because he is very, very talented, but he's also very, very, um, how should we put it, unagile. Uh, and, and his skating is, is limited. <laughs> uh, he has a quite a bit of a time to to work on that now in the off season, though, so it should be fine. But um, he, he has improved. Uh, the grading article of his season will come out uh, relatively soon. But it, it is an interesting prospect, and I know David feels a little bit left out here because he doesn't really know much about Gurdjieff. But 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 no, I'm, I mean, I'm watching over the tape. I mean, it just seems like he's someone who's left untouched too much and gives them the time and space to shoot. And wow, like that, <laughs> it's a wrist shot, which normally like, you know, you wouldn't be too frightened for, but his is pretty, uh, pretty dangerous. It looks like. Yeah. And, and that wrist, you have to wonder how big his wrists are because uh, get, getting that velocity on a puck from, from that position with just his hands is, is 
something that is a skill. And, I, and in some ways, I, I appreciate Montreal drafting a player like that with the skill set to score, with the skill set to use his hands, because you can in some way teach a player to skate, but you cannot teach a player those finishing touches. I mean, like in, in a way, going back to how old I am and, and the sport I followed when I was young quite a lot, people inside he was kind of that guy that always he could score with any part of his body and and he would obviously be offside like half the times but on the other hand he scored some amazing goals some very important goals for both Italy and and Milan and and I think Gordan is more or less the same kind of player he can't defend he 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 will be offside and he, he can't skate very well but give him the puck in in this certain area and he will score no matter how he reminds me of Kucherov you know honestly same position same kind of wicked wrist shot I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm going just a little bit too far. That's my thoughts. Nah, you, you're saying like he reminds thing. you. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I love the Russian hockey. I love the KHL, and it's always fun to watch. So, yeah, cheers to that. Uh, looking forward for Gordana, it, it is going to be something like uh, the VHL for next year and, and hopefully some KHL games. We should probably not expect him to go into such a top-heavy team. As Sky is uh, right from the get-go, especially when he spent the year in, in MHL. Uh, Sky's development system, we've spoken about it with uh, Miss Gillian Kemmerer, and, and she has explained a lot of that. You can go back and listen to that podcast. But, but really, he is in a very good environment to develop, and, and it's, uh, Montreal has his rights for quite some time. Uh, so it, it's no worry about when he comes over because they keep his right all the time. It's not like other Europeans where you lose it after four years. He, he, he gets to be a Montreal player until they either trade his rights away or he just gets lost in the confusion. But, but that's more or less what it is. Going over to, to the second prospect of the month, um, it's Ryan Paling. And, and I'm a little bit surprised with that because I had the feeling that it would be uh, one of my guys, Jesse Ullonen. And that's the thing. If With Jesse Ullonen, he has been beyond what any of us had hoped for. He's showing all the things that why he was a second-round pick. He's getting into those dangerous places. His vision playmaking has been so far above what any of us expected watching him in the AHL this year. And then his shot is... Before he was injured in the game against Manitoba, his shot was just, it was lethal on fire. And he was getting into that slot area on the power play and just dominating that space. And then with injuries piling up and Paling having to take on a bigger role, he had uh, four goals and seven assists in the month of March as the Rocket finished out 7-0-1 on an eight-game road trip. They're 12 points clear of their next closest team in the Canadian division. And Paling looks like the guy who was drafted in the first round. He's utilizing his shot more, and he's just leading a line with uh, Joel Teasdale and Joseph Blandizi, sometimes Raphael Harvey-Pinard, and they're just making it work. Even with the injuries, Jan Meshach has been injured. Um, Cam Hillis has been out. A lot of guys are missing from the lineup, and even with that, Paling and his is leading that line down the middle, and they're just generating – and it's very hard to ignore that this is, I think, what he's closer to being than um, the one we saw last year that kind of struggled to find his feet in his rookie season. We're seeing a much more confident Ryan Paling. And for Joel Bouchard, 
that's a huge bonus for him. It really is Joel's Bouchard work as well. You have to credit him. It's not just a bonus. It's his work. He He's worked with Paling now for, for over a year. And, and he is benefiting from it. And, and you are benefiting from it because for once in a blue moon, I think it's once in every seven years, you get a good AHL team to follow, Scott. Yeah, and of course, it's the year that they're not going to have any playoffs or anything like that for me to cover. Like... It, it is Joel Bouchard's world, and we are all just living in it. And we'll touch on the prospect he's getting in the near future, but, like, it, it, it cannot be said just how much he's gotten guys to buy into his system and how strong it makes his team in that they can go through losing five regular forwards, their team captain, one of their other regular forwards to the taxi squad, another defender to the taxi squad, rotating three goalies, some guys who haven't played in the AHL consistently, and they're just getting results. And Ryan Paling leading the way in that is such a huge boost to the Canadians' prospect pool because a lot of people, myself included, kind of wrote him off after last year, and now he's right back in that conversation. There's going to be a lot of internal competition going into the NHL next year. I know Eric Stahl is going to be here this year for the end of the year, but next year, that bottom six, there's going to be a lot of competition between a lot of people. And Ryan Paling has put himself right in the center of that. David, is this uh, is this Ryan Paling's uh, reemergence? Oh, hopefully. I mean, like, you know, it gives him a lot of confidence for his game, especially. You know, he rode high on that first game. Everyone knows the hat trick, the shootout winner. But then he just dipped off the map. You know, like he, he didn't have the confidence going to training camp. And last year only had one goal, you know, in 27 games. It's just, it's not enough. So then going to Laval this year to let him grow his game, it I think it's really been beneficial to him and his mentality and his own mental state. So I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the team next year in training camp because he, he knows he's going to fight for it. So Indeed, and, and obviously we don't know the moves that will be made, but but uh, there, there is obviously this uh, Phil Danone contract that needs to be signed or, or he needs to be let go and... I can understand Mark Bergevin going for it and, and maybe not signing him during the season and maybe losing him in the offseason if he feels that his center depth uh, down the line is is so much better. Yeah, it's with the emergence of Jake Evans and Patrick knowing I'm a huge fan of Lucas Videmo this season. Uh, and then you have guys like Cam Hillis coming up. You have a player like Ryan Paling. There's a lot more... Uh, pressure for these prospects and it's getting them to play the game at their peak level and paling knows he's up against it right now Vademo had passed him on the depth chart Laurent Dauphine was very good last year Jake Evans is in the NHL this year Jordan Wheel's still right there Eric Stahl's now on the team and instead of kind of collapsing and taking that personally paling use that as motivation and we're seeing the best version of him like I said he's shooting the puck more he's getting and using his tools to their full advantage. And now I I'm very curious to see what next season holds for him because he's going to be a valuable piece and Philip Deneau's contract situation could open the door for him to slide right into the NHL next year. If the situation comes up. Yeah. And uh, David, do you agree with that? Or, or do you see a different yeah. path? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's just scary to think that like when, when you want to have leadership in your team, you like to go for players of age and, if we do get rid of Deno, which is a very high possibility because of his, uh, you know, his numbers have dipped, the top two centers would then be 20 and 21 years old, 21 and 22 next year. It's interesting to see the dynamic of the shift, 
you know, normally in the past, the Habs have always gone off for getting the aged players that are past their prime or just like at the end, tail end of their prime. So I think Caulfield actually, you know, it would be interesting to see him slot in the lineup. You know, and, and it, like, uh, like Scott said, like you said, it's really going to be an interesting training camp to see how many people are going to be fighting for spots and how many slots will be available. Indeed, one spot that for certain won't be available is Brendan Gallagher's, and he is Montreal Canadiens uh, Player of the Month. And and really, uh, it was a galley goal last night. I woke up to it in the morning and saw it, and and it just makes the day a little bit brighter, a little bit better. And and the, what he means to this team, not only for the goals and the assists, but but. For the spirit and for the heart, it's it you, you can't measure that. But he is the player of the month and, and deservedly so, right? It is very hard to find someone who is driving the Canadian success this past month or so more than that top line of Gallagher, Tatar, and Dano. And Gallagher is getting goals just in amazing Brendan Gallagher fashion. The one he scored against Edmonton where he is literally being sat on and still throws the puck into the net with his stick. And everyone is already celebrating because they know he's going to get it yeah, in. Tatar's already <laughs> celebrating. We saw, we saw the pictures. Tatar's already celebrating the goal. And it's, not, it's on the goal line. It, 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 Brendan Gallagher continues to be the beating heart. And everyone talks like, oh, he's the highest paid player on the team because he just, he gets it and he gets it done. Uh, I, I've run out of ways to describe the ways that he plays hockey. And it's just so impressive. And what's great news is that Caulfield loves to kind of model his game after what Brendan Gallagher does, but he has more shooting skill than Gallagher does. But if he has that same mindset, the Canadians have always been about battling. They're never going to be an elite high-end team. They don't have a McDavid, a Matthews, a Dreisaitl, et cetera, but they have guys that do not quit on anything. When the going gets tough, Brendan Gallagher gets going, and that is what makes him who he is. It's it, – there's no quit in him on every single play again, obviously against Ottawa, he's in his element. Like you want to try and rough him up in front of the net. He's going to smile at you and then bat a puck into the net. They point out, he doesn't have any fear standing in front of Shea Weber shooting at the net. Even after all the injuries, that heart and that relentlessness is what drives this Canadians team this year. And they've had their setbacks and everything else. But the one consistent thing, especially in the month of March is that that top line is back again and they are absolutely dominant right right now a hundred percent they're destroying it it's you know honestly when when uh was splitting them up earlier this year before he got let go it was kind of like maybe too soon you know i mean gallagher like you guys said is the guy with the heart and soul of the team in a unbiased impartial opinion i think he should be wearing the c because he is such a guy who has such leadership skills on and off the ice. He's a guy who doesn't give up. He, like you said, he's, he wants that puck. He wants the play. He gives up his body. Like you said, and you know, he's got a few injuries from slap shots. And this year, like, I mean, this past month alone, seven goals through 12 games, you have to keep in mind also through the 12 games, he was pointless for six of them. And then the other six, he got 11 points, including the seven goals. Uh, very well point. And, and uh, yeah, it, 
also you have to i remember this summer when when the, there was talk about con, uh, the contract and he was going to sign it five minutes later more or less since the story broke they were like ah we just signed it so don't worry about it and and it was a relief sigh from more or less the whole of quebec in, in that regard because even if he's not a quebecois he's he's he is the soul and body and heart and and he he is he, he personifies this team or what we want this team to be. Sure, we might want them to be a little bit more skillful, but you can't you can't you can't have the passion without uh, you, you can't you, you need that passion that he has as well. There is so much to say about the heart of a player, and Brendan Gallagher is that he's always been that right from his rookie season. He's never changed how he approaches a game in a Canadian's uniform. And I never want him to. His hustle is what got him to the NHL, and it's what's going to keep him here for a long time. It, the more players that see that and they can model their game after that, the Canadians with a lineup of people with Brendan Gallagher's mindset would be an absolute nightmare to deal with. And I, I never had any doubt he was coming back. And I, I could not be happier that he's finding that success this year after they had their struggles uh, earlier in the season. David, one guy that has gotten a lot of flack this season is obviously Kerry Price. But during the month of March, which essentially is the month of December when we look at the season this year, uh, he carried the team as well. And he is the honorable mention uh, in, in the NHL team this week or this month. Yeah. But but that that is that's not a shocking thing for you either is it no i mean you know what carrie price has always been a guy who he may go through down spells uh some poor spells where he's not on top of his game and we all know Re- that regularly that's it in, in in december right yeah well exactly like usually he's rides high in the beginning of the year then dips and either gets injured knock on wood he does not happen this year but like or something happens to just off kilt his game this past month, he's been lights out. You know, I mean, like, I'm, I looked at his record. I mean, he's he was in through the month of March, he was six, one, and two, you know, and like in those games, there's only two games where he was sub 900 save percentage, you know, and those two, and one of those games, he actually pulled out a win. You know, this is this is the carry price that won the Vesna. This is the carry price that won the heart. You know, he. He seems healthy. He seems to be the rest definitely seem to benefit him. And the fact that he has the confidence that if he needs to take a night off, he has that Jake Evans behind him to take the reins if necessary. But this past month, you know, it's been all carry. So I'm, I'm very proud to see that, you know, it's, it's, it's been missed those numbers of carry price. Yeah. It's, it's hard to understate what, how the Canadians are. And now this year, it is not just, Carey Price or bust. It is, they can win in spite of Carey Price struggling, but in March we saw the guy that with obviously Stefan Waite being let go and hiring Sean Burke, this is the Carey Price that we are used to seeing, the cool, composed, just nothing, everything sticks to him kind of Carey Price. And I'm not a goaltending expert by any means, but it's not hard to see a difference in his game. Like it is very apparent that, whatever was nagging him or if something just wasn't right has gotten itself right. And now the Canadians are better for it where they have Jake Allen, who is outstanding this year and Carey price, who was a nine thirty one in the month of March, like Vesna caliber numbers. And if they ever figure out the penalty kill, guess what? Um, look out just absolutely insane things to come. 
One player that has just won the uh, SHL regular season is Christian Folin. And when I spoke to him a couple of years ago when, when uh, he was home for summer, he said the way you play or, or you can play differently when you have Carey Price in net. You can be a little bit more aggressive. You can be a little bit more uh, uh, forward and, and in, in your checks. You, can, you, you, you know he will bail you out. And I think that is really important as well because that has benefited maybe uh, some of the players, Edmondson as an example. Also, the fact that I think it helps Romanov and Mette settle in easily because they know they have one of the top goalies uh, in, in the world behind them. And it makes for a little bit of an easier play. You know you don't have to be perfect all the time. And, and I think this helps the team win many games as well yeah it definitely i was gonna say it definitely gives confidence to the young core like mete yet like romanov who uh you know they're so young and the fact that they know that the carry price is behind them and on his game carry price it's not to say that they have to step off the gas but they know that they have the confidence because he's behind them indeed and 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 it helps the team as well and it's 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 the help we need going into the playoffs because look at, at the other teams that are we're looking up at it's it's winnipeg that that has a good offense it's edmonton that has a good offense and it's toronto that has a terrifying offense uh thank god i have a really bad goalkeeper though but but in in, in many ways that's what we're looking for and and uh, then you're gonna need a carry price that is rested and is that best night goalie that that we know he had has been in the past and that he probably can be in the future as well uh, but the month of March has all been about one player in the Montreal organization in many ways. It's it's uh, the smiling assassin. Uh, Anton named him uh, the Nugget. Uh, I think he's, his nickname officially is uh, Gold Cowfield. And um, yeah, he carried a, a terrible Wisconsin team into the playoffs. Uh, he almost single-handedly brought them back into the, the to the. Uh, game when they were lying behind on an ice sheet that looked more so of, of a resemblance from the hell of the north the Perriro Bay cycling race where they cycle like 50 kilometers on on uh, um on cobblestones and and not like nice cobblestones in the city but terrified ones that trackers have been going over for 100 years so so Cole Caulfield can play on any surface surface he can do it on a shitty ice in the middle of March can he do it in in the Bell Center on opening night? Yes, he can. Can he do it in the playoffs? Yes, he can. We will just have to give him a few more weeks and, and a few more months and maybe even the whole season in AHL. But he will be a star player for the Montreal Canadiens. And it's his last chance to get the player of the month from the NCAA and, and David Saint-Louis uh, prospect pool. But, but he just gets it deservedly so. He is so absolutely incredible at what he does and this year he started a season without having a goal in like the first two games or anything but he was just racking up assists as a playmaker and then he came back from world juniors and just flipped on a switch and lit the nhl on fire i think he finished with yeah, 31 the nhl here the uh, ncaa <laughs> and he will like the <laughs> I was gonna say, he's not there yet yeah but yeah, 30 goals it's, in 31 uh, games. It's just he's lights out. He's gonna turn heads and he's gonna he's gonna put fear into the opponents that face us, which is a nice change. 
Uh, Joe Bouchard in his press conference yesterday mentioned that he's like, I'm not afraid to unleash Cole Caulfield. It's like he's threatening to unleash a player. The amount of respect of the five foot seven goal scorer commands is absolutely otherworldly. Now we've all watched it. He scores backhand. He scores forehand. He scores wrist shot, snapshot, slap shot. He just makes goals happen. It I I've run out of adjectives to describe his shot. It, it is next level. And he's going into a situation where Joel Bouchard is going to put him in a spot to succeed in Laval. His first game tentatively, depending on quarantine and practices will be April 9th against the Toronto Marlies. It's going to be can't miss TV. And he's so much more than just a shot. Now he does well getting involved in the play, setting things up, back checking, tracking. He's taken his already strong offensive game and added more to that. He's a pretty solid skater. It's not hard to be excited about Cole Caulfield if you're a Canadians fan, because it's hard to think of the last time we had a pure goal score like this, come all the way up through the development system, sign his contract, and then be here. We've been waiting and waiting. We've waited all off season. We waited all in season after world juniors, what's going to happen and seeing him here now, it doesn't feel real. And I cannot wait to see him start piling goals in, in the AHL and the NHL here. We have to remember uh, I, when he was drafted, first and foremost, we have to remember uh, the confidence he said when, when someone said, you only put in huge passes into to, to the net. And he was like, yeah, but someone has to do that and I can do it very well. And, and we all have seen that video of, of Philadelphia fans Going like we're going to get Caulfield, we're going to get Caulfield, and then they draft someone else. I don't even know who it is. Cam York. <laughs> and I don't care who it is. It's we got called Caulfield, <laughs> and it's it's similar, but but in reverse uh, of the eyes of the prize draft coverage that year because everyone was like, "We got him," and and it was shouting on the channel all all the time, and then the fact that he actually studied French in school in order for you know I might get picked by the Canadians, so I need to know French. It's, it's, it's a destiny that, that seems to be happening. And as you mentioned, Scott, he's really taking that, that role of a, of a different player added to his skill set. I think he's gotten a lot better on the skates. Uh, his shot has always been there. I have not watched enough uh, to see him as a playmaker. But also he took a limited role on the US team this year in order to help it win. So he is really that team player as well. And I don't think that has been spoken about enough in regards to Cole Caulfield. Just truly, he's he's done everything asked of him. He's taken his roles and his placements and everything and made the absolute most of them. And that's going to happen at the NHL. It's like, yeah, we know you have all this talent, but position positions are not given, they are earned. And wherever they put him, you know you're going to be getting the absolute most from Cole Caulfield this year. It, it's a mindset. Like we talked about with Gallagher and that relentless, never-quit attitude, Caulfield plays the same way. He just happens to be a lethal goal scorer as well. When you combine all these things, you have a moldable, extremely valuable prospect outside of their on-ice talents. And to get the most out of that is just so crucial, especially for the Canadians who are rebuilding their prospect pool. Their crown jewel is now on, is in the professional ranks and they have a chance to really hit that next level, that next step. 
as they nurture and continue to grow Caulfield's game at the pro level? Well, they already had the Tsar, so of course he's going to bring the crown with him. But, but uh, you know, um, we look at it. David, is there is there reason to be over like to be cautious because we're all, we're all overexcited about this, or, or will he succeed? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking he's going to succeed. It just looks apparent with his game and just the way he is composed and the way his he's maturing so fast at 20 years old. But you know, I, I don't want us to just jump too fast. You know, I mean, it's it's been us it's been teams back in, in the past too fast, too quick. But I think he finally we have someone who we know that we have that confidence to play, and that he will succeed. Um, I just, you know, yeah, I think he's already, already, and it's it's scary to say. So, thank he's you, guys. Gonna head, he's gonna make it. He's gonna make it a pain for the other teams to face us. Thank you, guys. It's been uh, great to have you on. You can follow uh, Scott Matla at Scott Matla and uh, or Scott Matley or or Scott <laughs> Malta or whatever. Yeah, he's everywhere. But but he is a man of plenty of talents. You can follow him on Locked On Canadians as well. David, uh, I don't know if you have the Twitter handle or how active you are at Twitter, but but you yeah, can read I, David's. I've, yeah, go on, David. I have two Twitters. I have uh, MTL at the rink, all one word. And I also have uh, shooting the SHT1 is my other one. All right. So follow <laughs> David as well. And uh, be sure to leave some comments in, in the discussion thread about this. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, enjoy the... the uh, schedule that has Montreal playing four times a week for the foreseeable future and hopefully we'll enjoy some really really good coverage uh, of Montreal uh, down the line in the playoffs where we might get the chance to see a cold cow field on the power play. Thank you guys! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.